This podcast does not provide medical advice. Please listen to the complete disclosure at the end of the recording. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Everyone Dies, the Flight of Idea episode. I'm Marianne Matzo, and today we're going to be chatting with Tracy Harding, the author of the new children's book, Anna's Big Wish. We appreciate those of you who subscribe to our podcast, and you can show your support to us by uh, rating us on one to five stars, leaving a review. Uh, we're a not-for-profit organization, and we love your help in distributing our work. Also, we have a um, Molly is our Twitter wench, as she likes to call herself. Um, Sandy probably will cut that, but um, she's our Twitter correspondent, and uh, she gets very excited when we get new followers and retweets. And um, she told me to tell you guys, please make her happy. Uh, so also take a look at additional resources for this podcast on our webpage, um, everyonedies.org. It's E-V-E-R-Y, the number one dies.org. Uh, write us about topics that you'd like to talk about and, um, we appreciate your support. So today we have, um, Tracy Harding with us. She lives in, um, right outside of Boston, works for the Waltham School District as an occupational therapist. And um, I guess she's been doing that for about 25 years now. And about two years ago, or yeah, just a little over two years ago, her mom died from cancer. And um, she decided at some point to write this book. And so what I'd like to hear from you, Tracy, is First, thank you for being on our show. Um, also, I give you my condolences for the death of your mom. I know that that's a very profound loss and um, one that takes a, a long time to first off sort of get used to that idea and that grieving can, you know, often just goes on for a very, very long time. Are you finding that you're feeling more yourself in terms of grieving the death of your mom? Well, first, I'd like to thank you for having me today. And I would like to share with people that I was so blessed to be able to tell my mom that I was planning to write a book in honor of her before she passed away. So I think that that kept me strong and kept me going um, because I was able to take time off from school and spend the last four months with my mom. So I was, you know, pretty much a primary caregiver along with my dad. And she was aware that I was going to write a book and a hundred percent of the proceeds were going to go to Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. And the other thing that I had told her is that there was a song that she created and she would sing it to her three grandchildren. And that is incorporated in the book. And I'm hoping to share that song with you today. And in regards to the grieving process, I feel like I've been in such a go mode ever since my mom passed because I had told her this is something that I'm going to do. And it's taken almost two years to, you know, 
develop the book, redevelop the book once I got the publisher. And now that I've written the book, my journey is not coming to an end. A new journey is beginning where I want to connect with people in the community, uh, near and far, and learn about their grieving process and uh, learn from them. And I want to share this book with them in hopes that it provides them some level of comfort and support in their healing process. So what are some of the things that you've learned from people as, as you've talked with them about grief? Well, it is universal. It does not discriminate. Uh, people deal with it differently. Um, it can come and go the intensity of the grief um, throughout your lifetime as you age, as you hit certain milestones throughout your life, depending on especially when the death may have occurred to you personally. Right. And so how did you get the idea to write Anna's Big Wish? Well, I've been surrounded by children pretty much my whole life, working with children um, throughout my high school years, college years. And I always knew I would end up working with children. And then I was blessed to have um, two nieces and a nephew, which they really inspired me uh, to write the book because of their beautiful relationship that they've had with their grandmother and the beautiful relationship that they still have with me and my dad. So a lot of it was just from personal experience, but then how can I make this impact people on a larger scale? Because as you know, uh, Anna's big wish, it's a wish. And a lot of children do understand and can relate to a wish. Right. Do you have thoughts about talking with children about death? How did your family handle with those grandchildren knowing that your mom was sick? What did, I think you said for five years. Did you discuss that with the kids? Openly and honestly, what was the approach in your family? Definitely. Everything was very open and honest. Um, you know, we said that Nana's sick and the doctors are wonderful. And just thinking back, I remember the first time that Nana had no hair and that the children were quite young then. And you could see the sadness. In, in their eyes, you know, but she was such a strong woman that she just, you know, plugged through and tried to play games with the kids. We were blessed to travel at sometimes throughout her sickness and illness and uh, really participate, go into amusement parks. But, you know, and if she was having a bad day or feeling tired, they knew that Nana needed to take a nap or Nana needed to whatever would comfort her at, the, at a given time. But being open and honest with the children, I think, was one of the best mm -hmm. things. Have you uh, encountered situations where kids aren't told what's going on and um, they have a lot of questions and families aren't sure about what to do or what to say? 
I haven't experienced that directly, but that's something I want to learn more about because I think different cultures um, handle death and view death differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas um, in my culture and um, my upbringing, we're open and honest. And we think that once we leave this earth, we're going to go to someplace special. And Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this book provides some level of comfort in the aspect of faith and belief. We believe they're going to be fine wherever they may be. I believe my mom is in heaven and Mm -hmm. she's having the time of her life with a bunch of family and friends. And there may be people out there who don't believe or who believe in something else. But I think to believe and have faith is going to carry you as you continue your life or your new normal life, because it's different now. Right. What's the biggest difference that you've experienced since the death of your mom for yourself personally? Well, um, for the people that know me, she was my best friend. She was the sister I never had. And she was my mom. So it was like losing three people at once. Mm -hmm. And she was someone that I would talk to multiple times a day. Um, So that has been different. But in a positive note. My friends have really stepped up to the plate. And mm-hmm. we've become a lot closer, mm-hmm. which is really special. And a lot of my friends now, their parents are going through sickness and illness. So I'm really trying to support them mm-hmm. during this time. Yeah, you, you, you kind of get to a point in life. I mean, I, you know, like there's a certain point where all your friends are getting married and then there's a point where people are having children. And then there's the point of, you know, um, at some point then the parents start getting sick and it's sort of like this developmental task almost that, that we go through. And when you're leading the pack, like if you're younger, when your parents die, it's, it's a whole different experience because you're you're trailblazing how do I do this right and um you're so fortunate that your your friends kind of see what you need and and support you and it's also great that it sounds like you're letting them a lot of people say nope nope I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and they don't let others you know love you and take care of you and kind of fill those holes that your mom has left in your life Right. Right. So um, I would love to hear either some of the book or all of the book. Um, Now, for your niece, was this really Anna's wish that she wanted to be able to go see Nana again? Well, it was interesting. One of the things that we do is that we do send Nana green balloons on her birthday. Um, So that is one thing that we definitely do. And she does miss Nana and she has lots and lots of memories that she will bring up because the real Anna just turned five years old. 
um, and the older um, niece is 13 and nephew is 14. So they have many happy memories and we've been fortunate. The house is surrounded with pictures and videos. And um, so that's, that's a great, great thing to treasure. So um, what did, I saw a picture on Facebook of you reading the book to Anna. What did she think of it? Well, it was funny because the first time I, when I got the book, I FaceTimed with my niece because we live a couple of hours away and I showed her the cover and she gave me a thumbs up. Mm -hmm. And then when we read the book, she was just like in awe. She really loved it. And I just feel like it's, you know, a source of healing for her too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, would you read some of it? Sure, or I can read you. Um, I could read you a, a couple of uh, pages, one including the song. Oh, that'd be great, yes. So, um, Anna has a lot of happy memories of Nana. So, on this page, Anna... That was a lot of remembering, and our ring, our wings are really tired. I'm sure Nana would remind you that you also need to go to sleep. Why don't you close your eyes and remember the special song Nana sang to you? I love you. Night, night, Anna, winked her dad. I love you. Yes, I do. You're my little dream come true. Nana loves you, loves you with her whole heart. I loved you right from the start. Mm. So that is the song that she keeps close to her heart. That is so sweet. So what is Anna's big wish? Well, I think that is something our readers are going to have to find <laughs> out. I cannot reveal that secret. She has three wishes, though, but she has one big wish. So you need to read the book to see what the wish is and does it come true? Because as we know, not all wishes come true. But and, and sometimes the, the fun is the wish part, right? Is that not even necessarily if it comes true or not, but the fact that we can wish things. We can, that's correct. Yes. So um, on our website, we have um, all the links to your book and um, how, how to find it, your webpage, your email. And so um, I'm going to have to buy it because I want to know what Anna's big wish is. Okay. And I think that it's a, it's a good book to have that discussion and begin to have that discussion with children about death. One of um, our missions here at Everyone Dies is that, first off, we want to see people using the word words dead and dies. You know, there's not, there's a lot of, um, you know, uncomfortable, people are uncomfortable with those words mm -hmm. and 
we're perfectly comfortable saying birth and, and those kinds of things, because that's natural. It's a part of life. And death is also a part of life. So um, using those words and then also talking with children about death. I uh, worked as a hospice nurse for many years and up in New Hampshire. And um, people would, you know, when they when were young children, they would say, well, do I take them to the funeral? Do I tell them what's going on? And then when you would, you know, with other people you would talk about, they would talk about, I remember when my grandmother died, they'd say, and I was so angry that they didn't let me go to the funeral. I was so angry. They didn't let me go to the, to the funeral home. Um, I was so, I'm still angry that they didn't tell me that she was sick. And these are, you know, like little kids. And even for myself, my, the first death I remember, I was probably in kindergarten when my grandfather died. And there were so many nieces and nephews. They just, you know, let us all, let us all go. And I remember looking at that casket. So what was I, five, six? And you know how it's folded in half with the flowers? And I remember standing there for the longest time trying to figure out what they did with grandpa's legs. Cause all I could see was the upper part of his body. Right. And I, I must've had one of those obnoxious minds even then. Cause I was thinking, well, did they fold it under? Now I'm 63 years old, but I can still remember standing there saying, I don't know where they are. So I thought, well, they, they bent it and folded it under him. Right. And I thought that doesn't make sense. And then I thought, well, maybe they just cut off his legs to fit. You know, because yeah, I guess it's part of object constancy. I didn't see right. the rest of it. Sure. And I can remember asking my mom, where are his legs? And she kind of looked at me like, you're an insane child. She said, they're in the casket. And I'm right. like, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and I missed my grandfather and I, and I, one of the things he used to do is, you know, I don't know if you're old enough to remember those long strings of um, lollipop suckers. Oh yeah. You know, that were all, all um, cellophane together, a long string. Well, he would buy those for us and he'd fold them up. So it looked like one lollipop and then he'd let them go and all of them would drop down. <laughs> and I just thought that was magical. You know, right. Right. I was little. And, um, and so I, you know, there were things that I, that I missed about him, but I was more puzzled by, I don't understand this piece. And I think that if somebody had said, come here, let me show you this. Let me explain to you that under these flowers, there's a hinge, you know, cover and here's what's going on. Right. Um, that I could have maybe, you know, put that aside and said, oh, I get that and moved on right. to my grandfather's dead, you know? Sure. Right. And so I've, you know, always told people just answer kids' questions. Right. Don't tell more. Don't tell less. They'll they'll tell you what they want to know. You right. know, it's like talking with them about sex. Just right. answer the question. Right. And then and I'd rather have them hear from from me than someone else, you know? Mm -hmm. I really would. Right. The other thing is, is that I always tell people to tell kids that there's three reasons that people die. They die because they're very, very old. 
they die because they're very, very sick or they die because they're very, very hurt. And so kids can understand that. Mm-hmm. And I would always say that to my kids. And, you know, when I get a cold or something, I'd say, oh, I'm so sick. And they'd say, are you very, very sick? Say, no, no, no. I'm not very, very sick. I'm just sick. Right. And that, that become, you know, code in our family for, and even as emerging adults, they'll say, well, are they very, very hurt? Yeah, they're very, very hurt. Right. You know? Right. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's an, it's nice to have a way to talk with children about death and dying. It's right. nice to have resources, books like this to say, well, let's see how Anna dealt with this. Anna's right. Nana died. Let's read about what Anna does. You know, have a couple of books that you like that kind of tell the story consistent with your values and beliefs that you want the children to understand. Right. And I think this is a wonderful tool, as you said, to promote that conversation and to hear other people's viewpoints and just to share. It's very. Yeah. And I, I'm so glad that you wrote this book and that you agreed to talk with us because I think for our listeners and especially with, um, do you hear that dog? He is just just deciding that, oh, mom's recording, so I got to bark now. <laughs> yeah, I got to be part of this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, so the, you know, even, you know, with COVID going on, that there are, you know, usually you, you have the opportunity to say goodbye to somebody, you know. The, the right. child can have that opportunity, too. But with COVID going on, if people are in a hospital, that's Correct. not something that we can do. So you've got to have a plan B about saying goodbye to grandma and, or Nana and what, whoever you call her. And right. I love your idea about the green balloons. Now, how did you, how did your family come up with green balloons? Well, what's interesting is green was my mom's favorite color. And my mom pretty much knew everything prior to her passing. She wanted to know what was going on. So we had told her that we were going to release green balloons at the funeral. And at the same time, we were going to play Sing a Song by Karen Carpenter because that was one of the favorite Mm -hmm. songs that the kids really enjoyed at that time. And we would always sing it together. So... Mm -hmm. Like I said, green was Nana's favorite color, and it's a simple thing that can go to heaven. And that's something we do now on her birthday. Um, that's, a, that's a nice way to remember her. So we're still sending her a gift from our heart to hers. That is real. That's a great idea. And you can even... Um, well, I guess each kid then gets their own balloon to, to release or sometimes they, people do b- balloon releases. I've seen where they like write a message on them, like with a marker. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of, lots of ways. And it's great. There's a family, you know, that kind of chatted with mom about it. And, you know, that was something that, you know, as a mom, you think, 
oh, good, they're, they're going to remember me. Right. You know, right. you know, you, you often sometimes, sometimes motherhood can, or parenting can be a pretty thankless job, you know, and, um, and you want to know, you want those little messages from your kids that, yeah, we are going to miss you. We love you and we're going to remember you. So that's a great gift you gave to her. Right. And we are also seeing some signs too from, from my mother, knowing that she's um, safe and well, which is a whole other different story, but I think it's a really cool thing too, to talk about when you talk about death and dying and um, how they're still communicating with you. You just, so how do they, how do they communicate with you or how does she communicate with you? Well, uh, the first way she did communicate was once she passed away at the stone, we planted tons of petunias because they're easy to care for. And Mm -hmm. we went away for a week. And when we came back, what was popping through the petunias was an ostromeria. That's a certain flower that my mother loved. And when I looked up the meaning of that flower, it said a strong bond between family members or friends, which I thought that was pretty amazing because we didn't plant that type of flower. We planted petunias and we have this nice eight by 10 picture of the ostromeria popping through the petunias. That's incredible. That is pretty incredible. But then the the, the next uh, story I have to share with you is even more incredible. So my dad and I last summer went with the church group on a cruise and it went to a variety of countries, one of them being Estonia. Mm -hmm. And my ignorance, I had never heard of Estonia. So we didn't plan on any special um, outing that day. We just figured we'd walk around the town and their language, their primary language is not English. So as we were walking to the tent throughout the town, absolutely gorgeous and beautiful on our way back to the ship. There was, whoops, there was no graffiti anywhere except this one huge sign that says, Jack, I miss you. Jack is my dad's name. And the graffiti was written in green, my mother's favorite color. Oh, that's freaky. So that was so freaky because there was no other graffiti anywhere else. But on this on the side of a building, Jack, I miss you. And and I was like, whoa, dad, she is communicating with us. And she's very happy that we went on this trip. She's wow. glad to see that we're moving forward. So I think that was your father's reaction to that. Oh, he was totally blown away. I feel like when things like that happen, I'm typically like, this is so amazing. And so then it was even more amazing because the priest that came on the trip with us, when I showed him, his eyes almost fell out of his head. He could not believe it. He was just like, whoa, Father Augustine. Oh, we love Father Augustine. Yeah. Yeah. So unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That is wild. It is. And and there's like 
you know, I'm sure there's an explanation, but I love your explanation. You know, like to follow what you believe and the faith and how you view and how you're going to move forward. Yeah. Wow. Those are great stories. Any other ones? See, now Not I'm greedy. I, I want more stories. <laughs> I hope to have more. <laughs> Good. You can mess, you can message me and we can do a little, um, up, an update with Tracy. <laughs> right. In the connections with my mom. But I would love to also say a big, big thank you to my publisher. It's SDP Publishing. And it was Lisa Corey Ross was my publisher. And mm-hmm. she was just amazing. So supportive throughout the whole process. Wow. And your illustrator is Italian? Italian. She lives in Italy. Her name is Anna Mosca. And she was only 19 years old. This is her first illustrated book, Beyond Talented, right? Good Lord. Yes. Unbelievable. Well, I wish you all the best and success with your book and with your visits from mom and um, with with your with your grieving and your I'm so glad that you have friends that kind of help to fill in that hole but I know that that's that hole is there's always going to be a hole right it's just hopefully won't take up your entire heart you know right and um thank you so much for talking with us today and um, sharing your work and I'm sure that our listeners are going to want to know the rest of the story and have your book on their bookshelf. Excellent. It was an honor to meet with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank everybody for listening. Please stay tuned for future episodes of Everyone Dies. Our thanks to our executive producer, David, our producer, Sandy, John, our technical advisor, Molly, our Twitter correspondent. Remember, make her happy and our friends and family and loyal listeners who are supporting our work at Everyone Dies. This is Marianne Matzo. We look forward to talking to you soon. Remember, every day is a gift. This podcast does not provide medical advice. All discussion on this podcast, such as treatments, dosages, outcomes, charts, patient profiles, advice, messages, and any other discussion are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Always seek the advice of your primary care practitioner or other qualified health providers with any questions that you may have regarding your health. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Everyone Dies does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, practitioners, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned in this podcast. Reliance on any information provided in this podcast by persons appearing on this podcast at the invitation of Everyone Dies or by other members is solely at your own risk.